0: Kia and welcome to the Aspire Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. But what I want to talk about this morning, and I've, I like to think about things a lot, and I've thought a lot about the times we're in, um, politics, politics. Uh, And just the response of Christians. I've actually gone off Facebook. And one of the reasons was I actually felt so discouraged by the way Christians go on on Facebook and the way they cannot disagree without being disagreeable. And um, it's made me think a lot about it, you know, and regardless of what you think about a government, God has charged us to pray for them. Do you know in the early church they had Nero, And he was using the Christians as streetlights. You know what I mean? It wasn't with a battery; it was with a torch. And yet, Paul said, "Pray for the government. Pray for those in authority." And I think sometimes we forget that we are called to pray for the government, whether you like them or not. And uh, just to see that, as Christians, we we've got a long way to go. Sometimes, haven't we? but we've got to get closer, closer to Holy Spirit, closer to Father God, so he can say, you can actually go and say sorry. You can go to someone and say, I I don't know how, but somehow I've offended you, and I'm really sorry about that. Are things clear with us? Instead of like, you know, this, that, that, the other thing, well, you do a bit of that anyway, but But you do that in private (laughs) at night when you're planning the speech. And then I wanted to say to you, because as a pastor, you can't always have the right of reply. So they're pouring all this, yeah, hit me again. Um, And you're like, thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. And you go home. You're like, yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) But but then you come back to what Jesus says, but I expect more of you. You're a shepherd. Yes, the sheep may bite you at times, but you are a shepherd. You need to go and find out why that sheep is biting. Yeah. So, anyway, let's just talk about compromise and identity. And I've got a big chunk of scripture for you. I'd love you to get your Bibles out, the book of Daniel. Let me just say to you, we are living in a post-Christian world. Do not expect people who are not Christians to have the values we have. And don't get angry with them when they don't. We are living in a post-Christian world. That's why euthanasia passed. I hope it wasn't because all the Christians voted for it. But why do we expect people who don't know Jesus... actually think about life and the sanctity of life as we do so this message is really about compromise and identity chapter 1 in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim king of Judah Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it and listen to this and the Lord Gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into Nebuchadnezzar's hand with some of the articles of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shena to the house of his God and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. So this was all with God's permission and why was that? Because for many, many years, God had been warning his people, if you go after foreign gods, foreign gods will come after you. He warned, he warned, he warned. And then in his mercy, he takes them into captivity. Because sometimes we learn more in captivity than we ever learn in our apparent freedom. When the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Sounds like someone great on Tinder, doesn't it? And um, (laughs) who had the ability to serve in the king's palace. He picked the best of the Hebrews. I wonder what Nebuchadnezzar knew about the Hebrews. Maybe he knew that they were disciplined in their ways. Some of them. And whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the Lord appointed for them. Why did he want them? He already had his own wise people. But Nebuchadnezzar was being directed by the spirit of God, but he didn't know it. And and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, which was a great honor to get the king's table. And three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. And he sent them into the equivalent of a Harry Potter magic school. Now, I can hear some silent screams going on amongst the Christians. Because, I don't know, I don't think it's as bad now, but when I became a Christian, we were so freaked out. If, um, if uh, like, I, honestly, my children, they love having jokes about how strictful and I were, because that's what the church was like then. My kids would go on and say they like this show called The Masters of the Universe, and I'm like, no, Jesus is the Master of the Universe. And uh, we were very religious. And I think it's very easy to be very religious. You know, we lived in India. The mullahs were at the prayer things three, four, how many times a day. And people were saying to us, how can you stand it? I didn't find the atmosphere there any different than I find here. We don't need to be afraid of what's in the world. Greater he is he who is in us. Right. And so then they send them off to the magician school, which to Daniel and his friends um, was pretty alien when they've been taught you do not worship other gods, you do not embrace any other teachings, but off they went. And not only did they go, they were actually the best students there. And I'll just read on and just tell you how it works out. Now, among those from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuch gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mish- Mishel, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Ab- Ab- but Daniel purposed in his heart. Do you purpose in your heart that you will not defile yourself, even if you are in a place where there is defilement, that you haven't chosen to be there? Yeah. Have you purposed in your heart you will not defile yourself? You see, a lot of the things I see here with Daniel is he was deliberate, he was checking in with God, he was praying, he was devoted, he knew the Torah. Do you know God's principles? You know, people have said to us, um, you know, you could almost catch someone in bed, Christians, and they could say, to you oh, aren't Christians meant to sleep together? Well, don't you read what God says? Don't you care what God says? Christians who aren't married. We are living in a time where we have seen such liberal things in the church. There are Christians living together, attending church as if this is normal. And if anyone says anything to them, they storm off and say their rights have been um, taken away from them. You know, there's a, a, a... There are things happening in churches. This is the time, I believe, God is using this to shape the church. Who are the true believers? And it's going to be the ones who actually, we're not better than anyone else, but which churches are going to run their lives according to the principles of Jesus Christ in the Bible? There was a a great church in Wellington that attracted a lot of young people, was very popular, wonderful worship. I read on the website the other day that anyone who is in a committed relationship and in brackets this is same-sex or heterosexual can be in our leadership team how can these things be because we've stayed largely silent we have actually become enculturated to the world and i think this is why the book of daniel is so Powerful, so relevant to us in these days. We are moulded into the world. We don't want to offend. We don't want anyone to say anything about our churches. We don't want to use the word sin. Now it's, he's broken. Yeah, sin makes us broken. Do you know, I even feel sometimes when I preach... I almost sort of choke on the word sin because I can feel the atmosphere. And that's in our own church. <laughs> you know? It's not down at the, at the, at the um, you know, the mungle house or whatever. It's in our own church. You say the word sin. And everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> because Christians have become deceived and compromised. Do you know, if, this is how I feel. If I'm not going to follow Jesus with all my heart, I'd rather be out in the disco. I'm too old for it now. But I don't want this mixture. I don't want mixture. When I came to Jesus, I came right out of the world. I came out of dope. I came out of uh, relationships. I came out of alcohol. There was no way that any of that I wanted. But that is not the issue usually. The issue is is the compromise that we get into. No, we won't mention what we actually think about abortion. We don't want to offend. Do you know, Daniel is an amazing example. He was so respectful to King Nebuchadnezzar. He was so respectful, he actually grew to love him. And if you read through Daniel, there's one stage where Daniel does not want to tell Nebuchadnezzar what the dream means. He says, I wish this dream was for your enemy. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked king, but Daniel was a follower of Yahweh. He had the grace of God, he had the mercy of God, he was able to say things in a way that people could receive them. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God bought Daniel favour. Are you in a difficult work situation? Do you believe God can give you favour with people who may be anti-Christian, anti-your values? Do you believe? Do you know favour often comes when you are gracious? It's a wrong thing to think that you could act in a rude and uh, arrogant way and expect God's favour. Favor. Yeah. It's interesting, there's another story about Joseph. He got favour everywhere he went, but he got favour because of his attitude. Not because he was sulking and causing trouble. He determined in his heart to accept that, that God was his deliverer. And the eunuch said to him, I fear the Lord, my king, who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? And that would make my head endangered before the king. So Daniel said to the steward and to the head of the eunuchs, please test your uh, your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you. He called, when he did this, he was actually calling on Yahweh. We're going to declare this now. You're going to cause this to happen, Father. And as you see so fit, deal deal with your servants. So he contested with them in this matter and tested them. Then at the end of 10 days, their appearances appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the delicacies. Do we have that kind of faith? Do we have anything like that kind of faith? God, I will do what honors you. He didn't want that food because it wasn't according to his dietary laws. I will do what honors you and I will trust you with the outcome. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. What literature and wisdom did God give them all knowledge? In the Babylonian literature and wisdom. See, our God is much broader, much bigger than we think. He gave them wisdom and literature in the understanding of the Babylonian ways so that they could come before the king and influence King Nebuchadnezzar, who was really the king of the known world. God gave him favour, but he wanted to have favour. There were things that they had to do. And they had to get to know who these people were that they'd been taken into captivity with. They had to get to know what their king believed. Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Aren't dreams exciting? Look, I just want to declare over this church that you will have many dreams. Wow. I'm not talking about just dreaming in your head, I'm talking about in the night. In the night, it says in Job, God comes to a man who lies on his bed, he gives him instructions, at times he gives him warnings, and it says in Song of Songs, I slept but my heart is awake. I pray and prophesy dreams in this place. Do not dismiss your dreams. Do not dismiss your dreams. Write them down. Ask Holy Spirit to speak to you. God has guided us through dreams. Our church, we've encouraged, we've we've got a little group that helps interpret dreams. We have encouraged the prophetic. Earnestly desire prophetic gifts. Dreams are prophetic gifts. Now at the end of the days where the king had said they should be brought in, this is when the four young men are going to be presented to King Nebuchadnezzar. He interviewed them, and among them, none was found like them. Therefore, they were there serving the king. Not because they were, you see, they weren't lazy. They weren't sulky about what had happened to them. They did their very best with what had been given to them. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Thus Daniel con- um, continued under until the first year of King Cyrus. We live in a post-Christian world. These men were in exile. Do you know when the word exile is used in the Bible? It's used to describe when you are a minority and the prevailing culture is anti-Jesus Christ. Are we in exile? But how do we behave in exile? How do we, what do we do in exile? We have two common responses, I believe. We have the Christian Truman Show, where we're so flippin' cheesy that no-one wants to know us, and it's quite embarrassing. I don't always want to know them. Um, <laughs> or we assimilate into the prevailing culture. So people have no idea that you're a believer in Jesus. None. Absolutely None. And they say all sorts of things in front of you because they have no idea. Isn't this the truth? The book of Daniel is both an inspiration and a navigational guide for these times. There is much worse to come than COVID. But we do not need to fear. Because if we will devote ourselves to prayer, to fasting, to knowing the word like Daniel did, he knew the Torah, we will hear from God if we ask for wisdom and act in grace towards people who are actually our slave masters. He will bring us into a position, and if you see through the book of Daniel, who was the king, who was the slave? The kings loved Daniel. King Darius loved Daniel. When Daniel was in the lions' den, King Darius couldn't sleep. He went down to the den in the morning and said, "Where are you, Daniel?" We cannot use We cannot use excuses for us to be, act, be, behave badly. We have to keep going back. What's the wisdom in the situation? What's the favor? What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to say? Oh, we don't know. Okay, well, he had the, the friends. Let's get together. Let's wait on the Lord. In chapter 2, they interp- not only interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream, they tell him what it was, but when he asks, he, the, he, Daniel says to him, because Daniel wants him to know God. Daniel doesn't really care about him knowing him. He wants him to know Yahweh. He wants him to know the great king who's greater than any other king, any other kingdom, the kingdom that has no end. And he says, I can't interpret this dream, but my God will tell us what the dream is. And they didn't just go and lie down, they spent the whole night in prayer. And I believe they got a vision of what the dream was. And they went back, they told the dream, they told what it was and interpreted it don't we want to see this wouldn't you love for people to say i'm going to that that place down at beach what is it beachside Beachside, because i've heard they can interpret dreams instead they go to psychics start a dream thing truly start a dream thing get you get it do some read some books on dreams there's fabulous books on dreams And actually, you know, John Paul Jackson did amazing stuff on dreams. And that's when it first awakened my interest. And actually start to, people come, and they'll go into the psychic's tent. You can say, we interpret dreams. You don't have to mention Jesus on your sign. And in they come. And you can then say, it's not actually me. It's my God that's showing me what your dream means. Use what is there. If that's what the magicians are using, do it better. Instead of being scared of it. So, what happened to these guys? They were taken, they had to learn the language, they were colonised totally. They had to learn the pagan ways, they were culturally immersed in Babylon which was a wicked kingdom, there were wicked things going on, the sexual practices, the worship practices were wicked and they were culturally immersed in it and yet They knew who their God was. You see, Daniel had his name changed to Belshazzar. If you notice through the book of Daniel, he never calls himself Belshazzar. He never forgot who he was. Do you forget who you are sometimes when you're in certain company? Do you let them identify you as something else? Daniel never forgot who he was. And he would not call himself Belshazzar. Daniel means God is my judge. Belshazzar means um, you will protect the king by the power of Baal. He did protect the king, strangely enough. But it wasn't by the power of Baal. It was by the power of God. So what were the four major issues for Daniel and his mates? He was in isolation, he was away from his community, he was away from family ways, he'd been enculturated, social engineering, what are we living with now? Social engineering. Social engineering in our schools. Sexual engineering. That's what we're living with. And we think this has never happened before. Oh, it's happened before. Many, many times. The food and wine from the king symbolise appetites and ambitions of the good life. Don't take the food and wine if you don't want the results of it. Make some decisions early on that you will not go out and get drunk with your workmates and then try and share Jesus with them. It honestly, it doesn't work. If you've got a struggle with drinking, talk to someone. Find out what's going on. What need are you trying to meet? It says, you know, God's so wonderful. He doesn't just say, don't drink. He says, do not be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're drinking a lot, you need another dose of the Holy Spirit. Look, I felt, I'll tell you an honest story. I felt, I don't drink. I used to before I was a Christian, but during this difficult time, I mean, sometimes people bring wine to our house, but we don't tend to have it in the house. But it was about three o'clock one day and I was feeling really very sorry for myself so I got out this really big glass and I poured this huge bottle of um, this glass of wine like ginormous probably four wines and um, I just picked it up and I felt the Holy Spirit say pour it back and I did because I thought if I ever want to have a glass of wine I want to do it in celebration with friends that I love I don't have anything against people having a glass of wine, but I do wonder when we use it to numb our pain and flip, it's it's good at it, isn't it? Apparently. Well it used to numb mine before I was a Christian, but the fruit of it is very, very bad. So that's how tempted I was, that's how sorry I felt for myself. But I poured it back into the bottle, and no one was any the wiser. <laughs> But I, what I'm saying here is I just want to identify there are times where we want to medicate ourselves with things that seem easy but actually what God wants us to medicate ourselves with is him his presence to humble ourselves to go to others and say I am struggling please help me please pray for me but you know there's interesting things about pain and we've been through a bit of pain in our lives which is pretty much the norm I think um, People can support you, but some pain, you have to walk through by yourself. But they can be on the sidelines, giving you a chair, saying, only a few more yards, I've got some refreshment for you, keep walking. Keep walking. If you're going through a difficult situation, keep going. And ask God to show you where the refreshment is, where the water is, where the person is who can come and just help you get to that finish line. Some people are amazing at walking alongside. Some are absolutely dreadful. And um, find the ones that are really good at it and who can walk alongside you, who can identify with your pain, but who will not indulge you. You'll actually say, you're better than this. And my friend said to me, you're better than this, Bonnie. You know, I was getting pretty screwed up, bitter, twisted. You know, all the things. You know, the whole shebang and um and they're like you're better than this and i thought yes thank you holy spirit you've made me better than this so what was it about daniel he never forgot who he was he never forgot who his god was he determined in his heart if you go into a situation without a plan and determine in your heart before you go there when it is alien or somewhere where you would be uncomfortable, you can easily compromise. It's so important to be determined in your heart, to know your own boundaries, to know when to leave a situation. What are our dangers? Pressure to conform. Well, I'm glad. The web's agreeing with me. <laughs> I was having a sort of a intense talk with someone and Siri spoke up and said, I don't understand. I said, like, well, shut up, Siri. I wasn't including you. <laughs> so what in all of this is for us all of it? I think we all know the areas in which we compromise. Often it's with this, the mouth. The church maybe doesn't, you know, have to do too much with swearing jars, etc, because uh, they don't get to hear everything that's said. But what about gossip? That prayerful gossip, that, you know, I saw that car parked outside Mrs. so's house. Would you just pray with me about it? etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Gossip is too acceptable in the church. It says you bite and devour each other. We will not... I believe there's a time of holiness coming where God will not tolerate this. But why don't we get in? Why don't we get in early and say, I will not tolerate this. And it doesn't matter how many times... If you need to, you go before the Lord... And you say, Show me today where I did something. Not in a condemning way. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. Right. Where you just, you feel, I never feel condemned, but I often feel convicted. And conviction is clear, it's not heavy. It's like, maybe you need to go back and just go over that conversation because maybe you weren't really listening. Or maybe that thing you said, maybe just clarify that they understood it. I find that, I mean, the book of Daniel is so exciting. We're up to chapter, five, chapter six now in the church. And um, it's, it's all about pride and ego and humility and all the things that affect us. But the great thing that stands out is the lack of compromise because he knew who he was. Do you know who you are in Jesus Christ? Are you clear who you are in Jesus? It's so insidious the way things come into our culture. I mean, the people, the Halloween thing. What the heck? It's a celebration of evil. That's what it is. It's a, it's a pagan thing and it's a celebration of evil. But it, it becomes almost unpopular to say. And it's a tough one for parents because you don't want to sort of single out your kids. and You really have to ask God for wisdom and provide alternatives. Yeah. And a lot of churches do provide alternatives. We've never done that in the church, but um, it's a wonderful thing to do if you have those resources to provide something else, like a light party or, you know, something like that. But let me just encourage you that I believe, you know, Phil and I had terrible trouble finding the church this morning. I don't believe that was, it was abnormal. Like, okay, we're, we're getting the pension, but it was abnormal. <laughs> it was actually abnormal. And, you know, I think that those direction maps have saved many marriages. Um, You know, the directions thing between husband and wife can be quite. I think it's left. No, it's right. You're reading the map upside down. (laughs) Um, But those fabulous things. But we could not find this church. And I believe God is saying to this church, it's going to be as if you were invisible compared to the visibility you are going to have in Tahunanui. I really do. Because it was just odd. We kept driving round and round. We used the map and we still could not find the church like for 10, 15 minutes, mm. truly. And that's what I believe, that it's as if you're going, you have been invisible compared to the visibility you are going to have. Good word. Right. So pre- I think prepare for growth. How do you prepare for growth? You don't compromise. You know your identity. You're not ashamed of who you are in that community. Do the community things with Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz.